Good morning, church. Happy Christmas season. Happy Advent. Good news. We're going to have good news proclaimed. Week one, good news. I know that some of us, we're in need of good news. I know for some of us that we've been going through a year, maybe a longer season than that, of a whole lot of bad news. And I pray that this series, even though it's going to be short, I pray it'll be an encouragement. It'll give us perspective around the holidays that as we consider good news this Christmas, the first message today is the king is coming. The king is coming. The anticipation, the arrival, the king. When is he going to show up? When is he going to kick butt and take names and put everything back into place and back into order? When is he going to overcome those that have hurt us and oppressed us? When is he going to make all of the bad things right again? When is he going to bring vengeance? When is he going to bring correction? Well, guess what? The king, the king is coming. I, I don't know if everybody realizes it, but uh, we're talking 2,000 years ago, uh, the king arrived. We celebrate Christmas because of the, the what? Can somebody help me out. I should have studied this part. We celebrate Christmas because uh, the birth of Jesus, right? The Messiah has come. The king has arrived. Emmanuel, God said, there would be a son. He would come. He would be sent. A rescuer, a savior. He would arrive someday. And guess what? The king, he has come. He has come. He's here and he's coming again. He's coming again. And if you are uh, able to grab a copy of God's word, if you have a device that you want to open up to, would you open to Luke chapter 1 as we look at the king is coming. Luke chapter 1. This year we are uh, going to go back to the story, back to the basics, the simple story of Christmas. Anybody, anybody need a reminder of some things? Uh, like, man, it, fe- it feels like it's been a whole year since we've talked about Christmas, and I kind of kind of forgot some things. And so, guess what? I'm here for you. I'm here for you. So we're going to be doing a little bit of review as we look at Luke chapter 1. I hope as you turn to verse 26, that's where we're going to be kicking off. For us to hear this, good news, the king is coming, the king has come, and the question we have to ask ourselves, is the king your king? Is the king your king? I don't know if you can think all the way back to the beginning of our service this morning, uh, moments ago, opening to Psalm 8 and hearing, O Lord, our Lord. There is a Lord. There is a King. There is a boss of the universe. His name is Yahweh. His name is God. And just because we know that He exists doesn't mean that He is my King. It doesn't mean that that I've submitted my life to the kingship of of God Himself. And I, I don't know where you're at this morning. Have you made the King your King? And is it evident in your life that you are not living to be served, but living to serve the one true God. There is hope there. There is peace to be found. And around the holidays, and we've talked about this before, the holidays are a difficult time. But this king, this king sees everything. Do you know that? God sees. God knows. He knows the heartache. He knows the troubles that you're facing. He knows the stuff that you're walking through He knows the conflict. He sees it. He knows it. And you know what? This king, the one true king, he cares. He cares to enter in and to speak into and to come alongside and to be present with because you're not alone. 
this Christmas. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're not alone. Let him know. You're not alone. You are not alone. The king, when the king comes, the king has come with supernatural forever favor and a supernatural forever plan in your life. And so let's get low before the Lord. I want us to hear the simplicity and trust in the clarity of the king and for us to be then sent on mission over this Christmas season. Let's get low. Father, we bow the knee today. We bow the knee right now. And we understand that on that day, every knee is going to bow. When, when this is all over, when this is all done, this brief life that we have, we will bow the knee to you, King Jesus. Whether we are forced to or whether we joyfully, joyfully bow the knee. God, I don't know what's going on in everybody's life. I don't know what's happening in this room. But God, you do. And even if there's one, there's one person that has not bowed the knee, that has not embraced the King, that has not received fullness of forgiveness and fullness of joy, I pray that Christmas 2022, this could be it. This could be the time of surrender. This could be the time of, of joyful celebration and worship of you, God, because you're worthy. And so open our eyes that we would see amazing things from your word right now. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. All God's people said, amen. If you're taking, if you're taking notes, write this down. Write this down. Behold, behold, celebrate the promise of our eternal King, Jesus. We're, we're going to see this word behold just a, just a few times in just a few verses. And every time we see the, the word behold, I... I want you to know your part, okay? So you're involved in this. You know what's really lame? When, when the dude just gets up and does a monologue. Okay, I need some help, all right? So come to the rescue and know your part and do your part so that we can preach to each other today, okay? And so behold means this. Behold means check it out. You, you got to check this out. Have you ever said that in your life? Dude, 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 stop what you're doing. You got to see this. You got to check this out, like right now. No, no, no. Like, put your phone down. Come with me. You got to see this. You got to check it out, all right? And so that's your part. Check it out, all right? Everybody say, check it out. Check it out. All right, so some of you, you, you can have complete freedom to say it however you want to, all right? You can say, check it out, y'all. I mean, if you want to, if you're down with that. You, you could do a little bit more excitement, right? And be like, dude, check it out. All right, you could do that. I mean, that's an option. Or you could just say, Shah did, check it, check it out. Yeah, like whatever you want to do, right? Check it out, yo. Check it out, yo. All right. You, you get to do you this, this time, all right? All right. So throughout the message, we're going to see some beholds. And at that time, you get to unleash your best. Check it out, all right? So here we go. Here we go. Behold means check it out. And everybody said, you, you got to work on your check it out, okay? Just getting warmed up, getting warmed up. Verse 26, here we go. In the sixth month, a little bit of backstory, we're talking the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. Elizabeth, we're talking Mary and Elizabeth. Elizabeth, very old, unable to have kids, and she is pregnant now. Here's some Bible trivia if you're tracking with me. Elizabeth was six months pregnant with this dude named John, okay? John's going to show up on the scene. John the 
Baptist, man, and not everybody gets to have a pastor that is John the Baptist, okay? So you're welcome. You're welcome. I mean, this is your day. This is your day, right? So John the Baptist in the womb of Elizabeth. Here's the timeline. What's happening that Elizabeth is just a few months away? Well, she's carrying the messenger, John. The messenger is about to proclaim a message that Jesus, the King, is coming, right? So what happens in the sixth month? Do you see it there in verse 26? The angel Gabriel, have you heard of that guy? The angel Gabriel was sent from God. What is an angel? Angel literally means messenger. John the Baptist was a messenger. Angels are supernatural messengers. That's what angel means. We have this term called evangelism. Have you thought about this? It's about to blow, blow your mind. Are you ready? Are you ready? E Vain angel, Eve, angelism, angelism. You are to get the message out. In a sense, you are an earthly angel, Gabriel, heavenly angel. They have their job, right, in heaven as angels going out. Guess what? God says, I have supernatural angelic beings that pass the message and spread the word. And us as followers of Jesus, if you are a Christian, you are also a messenger of a different type but with the same message it's pretty awesome right so we got a partnership here of a messenger in the womb the angel gabriel sent from god he's ready to go where's he going to go where's he going to go he's sent to a city of galilee named nazareth so gabriel i mean think about it think about it gabriel had been waiting so long if there was time in heaven and however that works but anticipating that someday that he was going to be sent and he had a mission and he wasn't going to share his own ideas in his own words. He was chomping at the bit, ready to go to be able to get down to this place, Nazareth, with a message. Galilee, Nazareth. Think Nueces County, Aguadulce. Think a region or a county and a small town in the midst of that. Nazareth, Anybody know uh, reputation of Nazareth? Very much unlike our small rural town. No, very much the same. How many kings are coming out of that small town? And what big name figures and, and what awesome sights are there to see? Well, we can't claim that like we have the third Disney location here in our, in our backyard, right? We can't claim that, well, we raised up four presidents out of our town. Many would say, Actually, I was on the pier this weekend with the kids, ran into Gilbert the fisherman, who is a Christian, and he said, Agudulce, yeah, I know about it. I drive right through there, drive right past. You ever stop? And he said, no. All I know is if I ever meet the mayor, I'm going to tell him, like, where's the sweet water? False advertisement. I don't know what's going on. And I said, all right, Gilbert. When people would hear about Nazareth, they'd think, rural, small, what's the big deal there? An idea that comes to mind here is God choosing the most seemingly insignificant places to do the most powerful work on the face of the planet. Everybody say that's awesome. Because sometimes we feel like, like what? what's going to come of my life? And I'm, for some of us, we do have a story of I'm kind of a nobody from nowhere and I just like, does God even see me and do I have significance and I'm not doing things that other people are doing. I'm not making the impact. 
Well, guess what? We have the angel Gabriel going to a seemingly insignificant place. Verse 27, who is he going to show up to? Well, if you know the story, we know he shows up to a virgin that is betrothed. All right, that's code for engaged to the point that if the engagement was going to be cut off, it would demand a divorce and a settlement because when you're betrothed, it means, honey, I already got the house plans and we're building and you're moving in and it's as good as done betrothed. A little bit more than our engagement, a little less than actual wedding day. She's ready. To who? To a man whose name was Joseph. Why is Joseph a big deal? Because Joseph was of the house of David, the lineage of David. Wait a minute. Why is that important? (gasps) From the line of David, a savior will be born. From the Davidic line, from the kingdom, the throne of David, one will come, Messiah will arrive, Joseph. Joseph's on the scene. He's part of this process. They're minding their own business, doing their own thing. They got plans, and suddenly an angel appears. The virgin's name was, help me out. Okay, all right, you got that part straight? All right, Joseph, Mary, boom. We're good, we're good. Verse 28, and he came to her, and this is what he said. Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. There we have Emmanuel. God God is with you, Mary. And what was her response? Verse 29, she was like, that is so awesome. I've been looking for purpose and significance in my life. About time something good happens to me. This is great. Is that what it says? She was greatly troubled at the saying, and she tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. Well, what we don't have is we don't have tons of detail, but like when an angel, when a warrior, angelic being shows up in your living room when you're minding your own business, preparing for your wedding day, not only does it kind of mess up your plans, but you're also horrified to the point that you think you're going to die, and odds are when she was approached, she thought in that moment that her life was over. Every time an angel shows up, do not be afraid, do not be afraid, do not be afraid. I'm not going to kill you. You're not going to die. Maybe they have to say, Heart, start beating again because it stopped. And here we have Mary minding her own business, doing her thing, having her own plans. Has God ever messed up your plans? You're like, well, this is exactly how my life is going to play out, and this is what I'm going to do, and next year around this time, this is where I'm going to be. And whether it's relationship or job or career to future of education to your plans for a, a house or in this situation, marriage, and uh, God, you can mess with anything in my life except for the things such as this. Don't mess with my wedding day. And God comes in and messes with Mary's life, and it's going to turn all around. But did she receive it so well? Not, Not so much. She should be excited. She should be overwhelmed. She should be humbled. Instead, she's greatly, greatly, every say greatly, She's greatly troubled at this. She's trying to figure out. Discern means what? I'm trying to make sense. It's foggy and I need clarity. What is happening right now? And here it is. The angel has to say it. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Everybody say it. Do not be afraid. 
You're not going to die. I'm not here to kill you. Your life is not over. In fact, your life is heading in a very different direction. What does it say? Mary, you have found favor with God. You have found favor with God. Verse 31. Okay, here's your chance, all right? Do you, do you have your check it out ready? Do you have it? Do you have it ready? Pull it out of your pocket. Get loud. Here we go. Verse 31. And behold, ah, a little weak, a little weak. Okay. Let's back up. Verse 31, and behold, a little better, a little better, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Not only is Mary's life messed up and going to take a sharp turn, but then, oh, by the way, you're going to have a child, you are a virgin, and to top it off, you don't even get to name your own child. Do Do you think that was a good day or a bad day for Mary? Humanly speaking, This is not my plan. This is not the way. This is not how I saw my future. What is happening right now? I I hope we embrace the reality this Christmas season. God is going to mess up your plans. He is going to interrupt your thing because he wants his thing to play out because his thing is better than your thing. But it doesn't feel better in the moment. It doesn't seem like it's heading in a better direction direction it seems like if you had your way it would be better but god's way is always it's always better it's different but it's better but it's better turn to your neighbor and say it's better it's better it's better verse 32 he will be great and will be called the son of the most high that's awesome and the lord god will give to him the throne of his father david the promised throne finally it's coming true it's coming true Verse 33, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, forever, forever. In his kingdom, there will be no end. It will not end. This kingdom that is about to come, this king that is about to rule in real life, real time, that he is stepping into human history and that he is going to fulfill what he has promised for thousands of years, all the anticipation of when will the rescuer come? When will God finally show up? When is he going to Make all the bad good. When is he going to undo all of the things that have happened to me? When is he going to come? When is he going to overthrow all of the tyranny and all of the abuse? When is he going to finally come and redeem? The king is coming and he, he arrived. And I love this. Forever and ever, this isn't a temporary fix. And for many of us, we would be okay with a little temporary fix. We just want, so we think about forever. Everybody see this little, this little black piece here? Steve, I need your help. So if we have this little, this little piece here, everybody see that? You see that? All right. Anybody, if you need to come, come up to the front, be able to see it, touch it. All right. This is your life. And so many things happening throughout the weeks or the months or the years uh, according to if we've been around children at all this is taking forever forever when is it going to be over this is so boring oh this is so painful forever and God's like your little life and your little plans how small when God is wanting to provide perspective right and what is his perspective our God is a God of eternity. How, how long is eternity exactly? 
All right, illustrations always fail. But when we think about our tiny little life, you just keep going. You keep going. As we think about our tiny little life, our tiny little problems, our little things, keep going. How far is that? Eternity keeps on going. Are you outside yet? As we think about our tiny little life, our short, brief life, the half-brother of Jesus, James, says your life is it's but a vapor. It's just, it's gone. Because eternity, God's interested in doing things that last forever, that are permanent. A little bit of disappointment, a little bit of interruption to our plans. And maybe for some of us, we're still, we're kind of right there in the, It's like, when is this going to be over? When's the trial going to end? And when are the problems going to be over? And so much conflict. And and I find myself saying all the time, this is just a season. It's just a season. Anybody hear me say that? Probably. Just so sick of hearing it's a season. It doesn't feel like a season. It feels like forever. No, this is forever. This is just a little, it's a little season. It's It's a little disruption to your plans. Do you believe that God is at work in your life in the little scenarios and problems interruptions that he is at work all the way through we can trust that our god is a god of eternity and he's got this for you what's happening there it's working something that's much bigger than we could ever imagine god's more interested in doing something that leads to permanent final forever everybody say forever forever joy forever peace forever love, forever and ever and ever. And all God's people said, forever and ever and ever. But in the waiting, it's hard, isn't it? In the disruptions, it's difficult to see and to have perspective. It's hard when you're in the midst. I don't don't know if this Christmas season is a, I'm in the midst of it, I'm in the thick of it, and I don't know when it's going to get better, when it's going to get fixed. God, what are you doing? How long, oh Lord, how long is this going to go on? I thought it was going to be better. I thought I was going to be a little further along. And God says, perspective, 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 forever and ever and ever. If God's got forever taken care of for you, he can can take care of the, the little seasons that we go through, that we continue to trust and trust and trust him. Are you here? Luke chapter one, Luke chapter one. Is, is this the cue to, uh, to reel in forever? Not everybody gets to do that, right? Here we go. Forever. Yeah, wrap it up. Wrap it up. Goodbye. Goodbye, eternity. Thank you for visiting. So I wrote a couple things down, and I want, I want us to, to consider this when you're in the midst of it, when the, the announcement comes, when the disruption of the plan comes, when, when God's good thing doesn't feel great to you in the moment. I wrote this down. The brief time, this brief time, if it's difficult, if it's painful, the waiting, it's designed by God to prepare me for my final destination because God wants to use trials, the hiccups, the interruptions. He wants to use them, not just remove them. I don't know who needs to hear that this morning, but God wants to use these things, not just remove it. God, get this out of my life. Take this away. And I wonder if again and again we need to hear God's not going to change my circumstances until my circumstances change me. God's not going to change my circumstances until my circumstances change me. 
He's not looking to remove it. He's looking to use it even when we can't see it, even when we can't understand it. And we know this, that life on earth is never going to be paradise, but you were made for paradise and paradise is coming. Forever is on the heart of every human being. Ecclesiastes 3 tells us that God has put eternity on our hearts, that there's something in us. I'm made for forever. But God, what are you doing in the here and now and the struggle when we live knowing that God will lift us out of this broken world and that is preparing us for the world to come? We can do two things, if you want to jot this down, that we can face trouble without giving up. Does somebody need that today? I can face trouble without giving up. I can go through the hard stuff without quitting. I can face it and not give up. I can keep on going because I have forever in mind this kingdom that God is building. He's going to reign forever. His kingdom has no end. I can go through trouble and I don't have to quit. I don't have to give up. And also this, I can experience pleasure without becoming addicted to it. Our entire nation has gone mad. Our world is going crazy with addiction, addicted to everything. Everything becomes a, I must have, I must have, I gotta have it, I gotta have it. And guess what? In a fallen world, with Jesus as king, with forever in view, I can do this. I can go through the hard stuff and not quit. I can enjoy the pleasures of this world and not get addicted and not get sucked in and not get trapped because I have perspective. If this is all there is to life, the here and now, then the name of the game is just more experiences, more possessions, more accomplishments. This is all I have, just one life. YOLO, YOLO. And the reality is forever, yo, forever, forever is what we're made for. Not just the here and now, I have forever. I have forever, forever joy, forever peace. So I can, I can do what? I can behold, here's your cue. I can behold, come on. Oh, come on, weak, 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 weak. All right, I can behold. I, I, I can check out what God is doing. I can see what God is doing. I can have my eyes wide open and I can see God you are the king. You are offering me something that lasts forever, a kingdom that has no end. This is really good news. Turn your neighbor and say, that's good news. It's good news. A promise from an eternal king. His name is Jesus. And number two, this is, this is last. Everybody say, land the plane. Here we go. Worship, worship, worship. Praise God for the miracle of God with us. We worship this Christmas. I don't know what you're worshiping, I don't know what you're consumed with, focused on, where your heart's going out, where your mind is locked into and preoccupied with, but you know who's worthy of all worship? Do you know who's worthy of your mind's attention? Attention, attention, attention. Your heart's affection? Your will's submission? Do you know who's worthy? Well, this Christmas, we're reminded, only my king. My king is worthy of worship. My king is worthy of all that I am surrender to all that he is i worship him may christmas be in your life personally in your home here among us in our church that christmas is a time to worship it's not a time to buy it's not a time to stress it's time not a time to just be busy and frantic it's not a time just to be distracted it's not a time to go get drunk and party it's not a time to escape it's a time to worship the king Every day is for that, this season especially. 
Verse 34, what do we see? Mary said to the angel, how will this be? How, how is this even possible? She wasn't being defiant here. She was just, she's overwhelmed. How, how is this even possible that I'm favored, that I'm seen since I'm, I'm just a virgin? Verse 35, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Power, power. Everybody say power. Oh, God's, God's power, the Most High, will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called holy, sinless, perfect, the Son of God, the only perfect child to ever be born. Mary gets to receive the confusing news, the overwhelming news because it's not her plan. It's God's plan. And for her to be in a place where she hears the Messiah, the Messiah, he's finally here. He, the King, he's coming. And not because there was anything special about Mary, but that God loves to use insignificant, seemingly insignificant people in seemingly insignificant places to do supernatural things. Things that blow our minds. Do you believe he wants to do that in your life? But you have to see it. You have to see it. Because we have another. We, you ready? You ready? You prepared? All right. Pull, pull it out. Get it out of your pocket. All right. You ready for your check it out? Verse 36. And behold. There we go. Your relative Elizabeth in her old, old, old. Every say old. Old age has also conceived a son. What? Yeah. And this is the sixth month. Why didn't she tell me? Six month with her who was called barren. Mary's like, so God doesn't want to just perform miracles in my life. He's performing miracles in my family. It's extending. It's multiplying. This is crazy. Verse 37. For nothing will be impossible with God. For nothing will be impossible with God. Let's say that together. Verse 37. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, here we go. This is your last chance. And Mary said, behold, come on, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Behold means you better check it out. You better see this. You better get your eyes off of what your thing is. Get it on the glory of God. Open your eyes that you would see the amazing things that God is doing, what he's speaking, how he's moving. Behold, 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 behold. And Mary's response with her behold is, how else can I respond? I'm the servant of the Lord. I don't belong to me. I don't serve me. I don't demand that others serve me. I serve my God, my King. I'm a servant. And what's the language of a servant? What's the language of a servant? Of course I will. What do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? I will obey. And we've said this over the weeks, over the years. Yes, I will. Yes, I will. Yes, I will. I am not going to make excuses. I'm not going to push back. I am not going to demand my own way in my own timing. I'm the servant of the Lord. May Mary's beautiful response be our heart. Behold means I turn my eyes off of my agenda, I get my eyes locked on God's mission, and I say yes.
every step of the way. As the worship team comes up, I just want us to, to ask this question. How is my worship going? How is my worship going? Do I have a, a lifestyle? Nobody can answer this for you. You've got you to answer this for yourself. Am I finding that my response through the chaos, through the busyness, through the schedule of my life, through the mundane, through the hard stuff, through it all, am I finding myself respond with worship to God? God, here I am. 